Live from San Diego, California, we go live to the newsroom with your host, for Nick's Nerd. Well, folks, we've made it to the final episode of 2018. I repeat, the final episode of 2018. That's right, we will not be have there will not be an episode of Nick's Nerd News next week just because of Christmas and New Year's and all that jazz. Just stay tuned to my social media posts, obviously, you know, on Instagram and Twitter, Facebook, and also if you don't follow me there, please do check it out. I, I post a lot of fun and interesting stuff. Also, I'm sure you'll just see it when it's posted on whatever preferred listening device uh, you use to, to, to catch the show. But again, I'm your host, Nick. Got a lot to talk. Got a lot to talk about today. Clearly, can't talk either myself. Mostly going to be movies and and kind of TV stuff this this week. Not a whole lot of video games going on. It is December, so that's what's happening. But big thing, I saw Spider Man into the Spider Verse. I'm going to leave that for the end of the show, so I can talk about some spoilers at least. Uh, I, I think I'm going to start doing that with, with, with movie reviews. Go to the end, just so that way you know you can listen to the whole show and and not worry about spoilers things like that so gonna get right into the thick of it i've been able to play some more just cause four you know i'm I'm still not having as much fun with it as i was just cause three and and i don't know if that's because by the time i got just cause three I, all the dlc was out and, and everything was just ready and available and i could put a, a whole lot more time into it but i i don't know if if that's what it is or maybe i i think what it is is this game's kind of lacking and and it's um it's it's kind of odd that they go from everything that was in 3 to just kind of 4 it it seems a lot smaller in terms of the story and things like that and it's just like i said i'm just not having as much fun going around the the map with the with the grappling hook and the 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 wingsuit and everything like that it's a it's a little more clunky than the third one i will definitely say that the Controls sometimes are not as responsive as, as they should be. A lot of times I find myself like hitting a tree when I'm trying to wingsuit somewhere. The driving, driving is atrocious actually. Just vehicles in general are 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 so bad. It it's it's not even funny. And some missions require you to drive. So one of the ways you like earn XP and can like upgrade your your grappling hook with the different um different styles it has. You, you meet this, like, movie director who's making a movie and she wants to use you as the star. So there's, like, different, like, I, I don't know how you would describe it, like, feats. Not feats, but, um, like, challenges. So there's speed challenges, there's wingsuit challenges, things like that. And some of them require you to drive a car going X uh, amount of speed and go through this, like, hoop or, uh, like, a ring. And, and, it, and it's almost impossible for some of them because when you're going at that speed that the turning in this game on these cars is like you you turn the joystick and they 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 turn at this ridiculously slow rate or they don't like follow how you're trying to go and there's no e-brake function because if you hit like what you'd think is an e-brake on a in a normal game you get you like fly out of the car with your parachute and go flying off and then you like fail the thing and, and it's it's frust- It's very frustrating. I will say that. I'm about two-thirds of the way done. I-, I should be done before the end of the year. That way I can finally maybe get finish Assassin's Creed and 
and uh, get those Kingdom Hearts done before Kingdom Hearts 3 comes out at the end of January, but it's just, it, it's it's still infuriating. And while it is still fun to go around and, and blow things up and, and, and shit like that, it, it's still, it, it's still, there's not a whole lot of clear direction. And while the third game, you blew stuff up for like freeing regions essentially from the clutches of the the dictator this one you just kind of get what's called like chaos because you lead this army of chaos in in this this um south american nation against again a, a dictator in essence but it's not as clear cut as the third one ultimately i don't really know what what the chaos meter really does at, at the end of the day i mean i i guess it helps you get more like squads that you can uh, use to unlock the regions but i've pretty much unlocked every region of the map save for a uh, uh, two-thirds of the map i'll say let me let me correct myself here about 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 two-thirds maybe a little more and I, I really don't i really don't understand it's not explained very well even in the beginning of the game and i i don't know i i guess i i would give as it stands i would give just cause for like a a, a six and a half seven out of ten right now so i mean that that's what at least that that's how that's how i would put it but let, let's kind of move on from that looks like Geralt, who's being added to just about every game at this point Geralt of the witcher series is being added to monster hunter world sometime next year uh they also announced that a new expansion is coming next autumn which is kind of weird because that's a, a year and a half after the release but i guess it's going to be a big expansive thing it's rare for dlc to come back uh, come out that late after the fact. Doom had its 25th anniversary, everybody. Doom. Doom 2016 was probably one of the best shooters I played that year. I cannot wait for Doom Eternal sometime next year. But 25 years people have been playing that game. I, of course, played that game way after the fact because it came out when I was about two, almost three, and uh, definitely didn't play that originally. But how about this? Uh, new levels, about 18, are being released sometime next year for the original Doom. Uh, it looks like you have to have a registered copy of the original, and you'll get access. About uh, half of them are single-player, half of them are for multiplayer. Uh, I don't know if that's going to work for uh, people who have like Doom on, on Xbox Live Arcade, which is backwards compatible, so go get that if you can, if you want. To play the original i still don't remember if it's on playstation or not but 25 years of doom people a lot of a lot of series are going to start hitting that mark i mean mario's already over 20 years sonic is over 20 years we're getting very close to halo's 20th anniversary uh in 2021 so a, a lot of a, a lot of things are hitting that mark and it just shows that gaming has has proven itself to last and, and be a strong part of the entertainment industry. Uh, looks like the co-founder of Sledgehammer Games is leaving Activision to kind of do something different. His name's Glenn Shawfield. Um, he's been with Activision for quite a while. Uh, Sledgehammer actually took over development of Modern Warfare 3 back in the day. Of course, they created Advanced Warfare. That was the first Call of Duty game with the exosuits where Kevin Spacey was the villain. And of course, they did last year's uh, Call of Duty World War II. And, and this is after the other co-founder of the studio left Sledgehammer to work within Activision for other projects. So uh, a lot of changes coming to a 
uh, one of the three Call of Duty studios. So what will be interesting to see how that affects everything moving forward after that. Didn't say what he's going to be doing. He's just going to take time off and then probably start another studio like so many other big studio heads end up doing. Uh, Metal Gear Solid is getting a tabletop game. And it's going to be a retelling of that first game from uh, 1998 that released on the PlayStation. So that's going to be about Solid Snake. That should come out sometime next year. Uh, Todd McFarlane, uh, creator of Spawn, has been uh, interacting with fans on Twitter a lot. And he said he's pretty sure that Spawn is going to be in Mortal Kombat 11 uh, after he was supposed to be in Mortal Kombat 10. And uh, on top of that, people, and you know, we were talking about Doom as well, a lot of people are petitioning to have Doom Guy put into Mortal Kombat 11 as well. So that game's out in April. I'm sure more news will uh, be announced in the, in the coming months since uh, that's very close to happening. Um, as of now, uh, player versus player is available in Pokemon Go. So if you're still playing, you can now challenge your friends to a duel in the game if you want to do that. Not a whole lot of big news that, that way. I mean, it's been out for a week at this point. Uh, Soul Calibur Six is getting another downloadable hero in uh, in the form of Nier Automata's uh, 2B. So that, that's going to be hitting soon as well. Metro Exodus uh, has gone gold, Deep Silver announced. So that, if, if you're unaware, going gold in video game industry means the game is done... It's essentially uh, in final form and is being put on discs as we speak. And it's actually coming out a week early on February 15th. A few short months ago, we were talking about how February 22nd was going to be an extremely busy day in gaming. And now it's the 15th. Metro Exodus has moved to February 15th. Crackdown 3 is coming out on February 15th. Dead or Alive 6 is coming out on February 15th. As well as Far Cry New Dawn and several other games. And oh my god. I don't understand why February is becoming the new October, November of gaming. And uh, final bit of just video game news. Like I said, not a whole lot going on this week because December's a slow month in, in terms of gaming. Uh, Blizzard announced that it's scaling down the development around Heroes of the Storm, also known as HOTS. Uh, it's their MOBA title, almost like Dota and um, League of Legends. They're still going to be creating like heroes and, and updating the game every bit but they're they're scaling down significantly they even canceled like their uh global championship for the game and uh they're it's called heroes of the dorm like they do for colleges and stuff so pretty um pretty interesting with that that uh they're scaling that down i guess they wanted to move the to the team members onto other more important projects more than likely uh diablo 4 which is rumored to be in development under a code name fenrir but let's kind of move on to movies here and, and for an easy transition from, you know, games to movies, we got our first look at the Sonic the Hedgehog posters. And they are very, 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 very unsettling. And the legs are kind of creepy in that they're, like, super toned and, like, they look like runner's legs. Let's, let's, let's just be honest here. And that makes sense because... Sonic is a, a runner, right? You know, uh, the really fast blue hedgehog. But the rest, of, they, they make him kind of tall, and he kind of looks like his Sonic Adventure Sonic, like the, the Dreamcast Sonic, uh, you, you could say. And his shoes look like normal shoes. And, and just, I don't know, he, he looks way too realistic. Almost, 
you know how like they did with Scooby-Doo in the old Scooby-Doo live action movies, but it, it made sense because even though Scooby-Doo's a dog, he still didn't really look too far from a Great Dane. Well, this Sonic, I, I mean, granted, we've only seen like his silhouette and his legs, but it, it's just already like, oh God, kill it with fire. Like, I don't know what the hell anyone was thinking and who signed off on that, but fuck, man, that's not right. Just not right at all. Not right. Mm -mm. But in awesome news and things that look amazing, we got the second, and uh, I guess they might be calling it the final trailer. Probably not the final trailer because the movie's out in, in May, but our first real good look at the other kaiju or titans in Godzilla, King of the Monsters. And holy shit, does this movie look fucking epic. We we got our first real look at King Ghidorah, at Mothra, at Rodan. Obviously, we know who Godzilla is, because he was in the, the titular film from 2014. But here's the thing that, that a lot of people are thinking, and it's almost a little obvious, but it looks like there might be two other kaiju that were shown off in the trailer just just like quick quick glances of them not faces or anything so we, we still don't know who exactly they might be and i know that i think warner brothers or someone had teased that there's supposed to be like six or seven kaiju i think up to 10 in this movie I, i'm not entirely sure but we know for sure the main ones are godzilla rodan mothra and, and king Ghidorah. but oh god they look amazing Rodan looks awesome, and he's got this, like, lava stuff coming off his wings, and he, he bursts out of a volcano. Mothra looks great, uh, very modern, uh, and uh, also true to the original interpretation of Mothra, looks more like a, a moth and a bug than than the old Toho films did, with, you know, it was just, just a hanging... Um, it wasn't a guy in a suit, because obviously they, they didn't do that for Mothra, but... Um, looks more like what a bug or a butterfly might look like, not as much a moth, but it still fits. It still fits. And of course, King Ghidorah, who just is enormous. So they finally, while they're separated by several miles, <laughs> um, there's like a, a profile view of Godzilla and Ghidorah facing each other. And Ghidorah's got like at least half a Godzilla on top of Godzilla in, in terms of size. Then they show this epic, like, fight towards the end of Godzilla and Ghidorah running towards each other. And, oh my god, I can't believe I have to wait, like, six months for this movie. Because, I, I, I've said before, I'm a huge Godzilla fan ever since I was a kid. The Toho films are great. They're all on Hulu still, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken. Going back to the 1954 original. But, this is gonna be, this is gonna be awesome. And it, it's it's finally good that we're getting a good American Godzilla in the U.S., especially after that shit that was peddled out by um, a director I actually like, Roland Emmerich, in 98 with Matthew Broderick. But this is going to be an awesome Godzilla movie, I can already tell, just from everything they're showing us. And and I'm very excited for this for this movie. I, I hope to see more of, of the other Titans and... Um, I'm sure they're, they they released like photos of the toys and they they already look great. So it'll be interesting to see see how everything plays out. Uh, we also got a lot of news in terms of the DC Extended Universe or Worlds of DC or or whatever they're calling it. Um, a lot of things have been happening because 
you know, Jason Momoa has been making the rounds as uh, for for Aquaman press because Aquaman is now out in the rest of the world. It comes out this week in the U.S. here, going up against Bumblebee. But Amy Adams thinks she is done playing Lois Lane. I mean, that kind of makes sense. Lois Lane isn't uh, majorly important to most of the stories. I mean, they mention her a lot as she's the key in, in the Batman vs. Superman. They've been doing a lot of retconning of that, though, lately, even with Justice League. Granted, she is the key in Justice League. Spoiler alert uh, for a year-old movie. But, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I don't care. I, I wasn't a, a huge fan of her Lois Lane to begin with. But speaking of, of, of you know, Superman movies, Jason Momoa done a little like flip-flopping and, and things like that not flip-flopping but just saying different things about Henry Cavill and most recently he said Henry Cavill is 100% not done is still Superman all this other stuff is just don't believe it blah 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 I'm gonna believe him before I believe tabloids and and media and things like that because obviously he's friends with Henry Cavill now after doing Justice League and you know them being in the Justice League together in general, you know, <laughs> funny because he's Aquaman. But and uh, no, he and I'm sure he he knows a lot more of what's going on behind the scenes than most people. But he 100% says, or he says 100% Henry Cavill is still Superman. I still believe he's Superman. I think it's all just them trying to drum up hype and see how people would react to him leaving and want to make sure that people would still want to see him as as Superman again. But that's just some minor stuff again I, I don't like to play into too much of that bullshit we got official casting uh news for birds of prey who's adding another batman villain uh, or birds of prey and i don't I, I don't remember if i mentioned this on the show but it, it's called it's being called essentially birds of prey and the fabulous emancipation of one harley quinn so yes it's a it's going to be harley quinn focused but that's fine it's it's still an expand expansion of the mythos but chris messina who's been in um, the Mindy Kaling show, and he was in that awesome show on HBO called The Newsroom, things like that. He's actually been cast as Victor Zaz. Victor Zaz, if you don't know, is a... Essentially, he's a serial killer in the DC comics who every time he kills someone, he makes a mark, like a hash mark on his skin. So they don't really show that in the Gotham version of him, but if you've played the Arkham games... Zaz uh, usually is depicted as shirtless. He's also bald, wielding a knife, but he's got like hash marks all over him. So th those essentially make uh, up a, a count for every murder he's committed. So it'll be interesting to see how they portray him in that film. Uh, also got news that they're working on a Duke Nukem movie, and it's going to be like a parody of 1980s action heroes, which I'm pretty sure Last Action Hero already was in the 90s with Schwarzenegger. But here we are in uh, nearing 2020, and that's what we're getting. I, I, you know, the, the head of Gearbox, who owns the Duke Nukem IP, said it's, it's think Deadpool, I guess, is what he was saying. Uh, Duke Nukem's always been able to break the fourth wall, so that, that makes kind of sense. It's just Duke Nukem can get kind of like over-the-top raunchy and, and out of control, so I don't know how audiences in, in a post-2018 world would, would react to that. So, not sure. Uh, we got some news regarding Bond 25, the next Bond movie and final Daniel Craig Bond movie. Uh, it looks like Remy Malek is being eyed as the villain. 
They're not sure if that's going to happen, though, because the final season of uh, Mr. Robot, which is filming, might might get in the way because Mortal, uh, Mortal Kombat. Uh, Bond 25 has already been delayed after losing Danny Boyle as director and things like this. Also, uh, it turns out that Leia Sedu, I think that's how you say her name, she's a French actress, is going to be returning for Bond 25 in the same role she played in Inspector. So, you can expect that. Uh, in surprising and not surprising news at the same time, Michael Gross is saying he is uh, currently in talks to come back for Tremors 7. Obviously going to be a sci-fi movie as pretty much every Tremors, uh, except the first one, has been after the failed attempt at like the, the TV reboot or movie reboot or whatever that Kevin Bacon was trying to get off the ground. Uh, he's going to be back as Burt Gummer. And I was watching one of these Tremors recently. It was just on TV, and oh my god, they're bad. They're so bad. I, I don't know why it, it just keeps going and who is watching them, but oh god, you're just tarnishing... Just what was an okay movie at best from from the '90s, and it's just where's this cash cow that keeps rolling? It doesn't make, it doesn't make any sense to me. It really doesn't, and that's probably why the Kevin if Kevin Bacon attached to another one couldn't get off the ground. How are they doing a seven? Oh wait, I'm living in a world where there's been like seven Sharknados in the span of five years. That explains a lot. Venom Two is officially confirmed. Because it made way more money than anyone expected, despite sucking in terms of critics. Scott Derrickson is pretty much uh, all but confirmed to be coming back for Doctor Strange 2, which will obviously take place in Phase 4 and or 5, depending on how the Marvel phases are working, if that's still a thing. You know, I mentioned Bumblebee. It's coming out this week as well. Not expected to fare as well as, as Aquaman at the box office, but it should be an interesting fight for Christmas. Um, but it turns out that Spielberg is actually the one who pitched the idea for a standalone Bumblebee movie. Uh, Spielberg is, is the executive producer behind the whole Transformers movie series since the first one. So this isn't surprising that, that maybe he had a, a bit of involvement. A lot of it, more trailers have been coming out and... Uh, Bumblebee's getting a voice uh, for the first time. It's going to be Dylan O'Brien, who was in the Maze Runner movies. But from what I can see, it looks like they're retconning once again, which happens in every Transformers movie. But it looks like Bumblebee is new to Earth, which doesn't make sense, because I thought he fought in World War II, according to the last one. And I don't know. That's just a whole complicated thing. I I'm excited to see Bumblebee, though. Um, but Aquaman is definitely going to, is, is a, is a top of my list for that. And then of course, Holmes and Watson is coming out next week as well. So luckily I have a week off of work, uh, and the holidays to check out a whole bunch of movies. I also got news about, uh, Pixar's new movie called Out Onward, and it's set in like a fictional, I don't even, uh, down to, I don't know. It was whatever. I don't care. Not important. Not important at all. But, uh, it's expected for 2020. And uh, it's actually going to star Tom Holland, Chris Pratt, and Julia Louis-Dreyfus, and Octavia Spencer. So that's a stellar cast, and uh, that's all we know, because they probably haven't even started animating that yet. Uh, Benicio Del Toro is going to play Swiper, the villain in the Door of the Explorer movie that Nickelodeon is making. And, um, you know, final bit of uh, movie news here, before I get into TV and... Of course, I'll, I'll talk about Into the Spider-Verse at the end, like I said. 
I, I think I already mentioned that it was already announced that we're going to get a Spider-Gwen spinoff, uh, which is like a, a quasi-sequel to Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. But uh, now we know that Silk and Spider-Woman are going to be joining her in that movie. So look out for that in, in a couple years. Um, I will say this before I get into my real review. Spider-Gwen was probably, or they call her Spider-Woman in the movie, and I think she goes by Ghost Spider now in the comics, but one of the best parts about Into the Spider-Verse, so I'm, I'm excited for that. But let's, uh, let's, let's kind of talk about TV here before we uh, drag on for too long. Uh, got some casting news for DC's uh, Stargirl series, which was announced um, earlier this year. Uh, Joel McHale is joining the, the show as Starman. Um, Lou Ferrigno is actually joining it as well as, uh, our man, one of the founding members of the Justice Society of America, the prelude to the Justice League, and then an actor called Brian Stopf as, uh, Ted Wildcat Grant. I don't know much about this actor, but hey, they're rounding out the Justice Society, so that's cool. So Stargirl, Stargirl is presumably going to be set in the 1940s, and, um... That'll be interesting. So this is going to be the second interpretation we have of the Justice Society on TV after they were in season two of, uh, was that season two of Legends of Tomorrow? Yeah, season two. And then um, Ian Ziering is going to be joining Swamp Thing as a former actor down on his luck and faded with destiny. So I wonder how that's going to work out. That show, I think, is going to be cool because they're going for like hard R. And, like, really scary with that. So that that should be interesting. Punisher Season 2 is actually coming in January to be followed by its cancellation, most likely. <laughs> um, Disney pretty much officially announced and confirmed the casting of The Mandalorian. I mean, I guess it was all rumors and, and circumstance, but it, it is official. Every, everyone that was announced, you know, Gina Carano, Pedro Pascal. Surprisingly, Werner Herzog, who's a, a director... He's actually going to be in the show as well. He's he's been known to act in some things, but but you know, look for that show later in the year. And okay, big thing about TV before I I I, I start getting closer to the closing of the show. How about that fucking Arrowverse crossover, huh? Elseworlds, you know, it was a three three night event. Did not include the Legends this year, but they had their own awesome episode of just hijinks and universe shattering all related to John Constantine but oh my god that crossover was awesome and it just creates so many questions in in, in terms of what's going on in the Arrowverse so for starters we had the first episode which was Sunday which was Flash which was just weird um, they even make a joke about it it's like it's not even Tuesday because Flash is every Tuesday uh, obviously, they set up the whole idea of Gotham City, and, and there used to be a Batman, and now it's Batwoman, and Gotham is just a, a hellhole. A lot of Easter eggs and stuff going in the show, in, into that, uh, into all the episodes. Monday night was Arrow, and uh, Tuesday night was Supergirl. And the, the premise of it is, is uh, this doctor from Arkham is given a book by the Monitor that uh, it's called the Book of Destiny, and they can kind of rewrite reality at will. And it starts with them switching Oliver and Barry's lives, but only Barry and Oliver know about the switch, essentially. So it's just the the, the ridiculous hijinks of, of them playing or uh, interacting in each excuse me, interacting in each other's worlds, and that was really funny and allowed 
allowed Stephen Amell to kind of flex his acting chops because we're only really used to him as dark and brooding Oliver and, you know, his his brief tenure as uh, Casey Hudson. What's his name? Casey something in uh, in the the second Ninja Turtles movie. But it will be uh, it was interesting to see to see that dynamic as well and see the other cast members interact with them. And then they go to Earth. 38 which is where supergirl is from and when they actually go to meet kara uh who's on the uh kent farm in smallville they actually play the smallville theme song you know the smallville show which was an awesome callback they use the same set and we meet lois lane for the first time who uh was a great lois lane uh, better than amy adams's take if you ask me and their whole interaction with superman and things like that and it turns out that kara remembers who they are and that reality warping only affected people of earth one and then you know in in the second episode they finally go to gotham and and they meet kate kane who's actually batwoman but they actually infiltrate arkham asylum which is really cool because there's so many shout outs there's the bane mask from the christopher nolan movies uh nora freeze who's um dr freeze's wife dr freeze is that right I'm probably... Uh, God, I'm questioning my own knowledge of Batman villains now. Mr. Freeze? God damn, I've, I've gotten stupid, apparently. I don't know why she's not frozen. It was... uh, That was weird. But she grabs her husband's gun to attack the heroes, knocks over a box of Scarecrow's um, hallucinogen gas, you know, his, his fear gas, his fear toxin. So Barry has to fight um, Malcolm Merlin because he's Oliver, and Oliver has to fight Eobard Thawne and their, their villains, which is a really great use of, of Batman villains without having Batman. You know, there's a hint at the Riddler being in Arkham and not the Joker, but uh, Cobblepot, Clayface, things like this. And then, interestingly, Psycho Pirate is shown off. If you're unfamiliar, Psycho Pirate is a villain. He's kind of a minor, minor villain, I'll, I'll say that. Uh, but not not really, because he's actually involved in pretty much every major crisis in the DC history. He's a villain who has this gold mask that only has eye slots, and he can actually like make you only feel one, um, one emotion. So like psychosis, uh, essentially. And he's shown off only for it to be revealed in the third episode that next year's crossover is going to be Crisis on Infinite Earths, which. I know everyone thought that that's what what was the tagline last year's crossover was crisis was crisis on earth x so that was they were kind of setting that up but this one elseworlds is really setting the stage you know with the monitor bringing in john wesley's ship back to play barry allen from his flash tv show of the 90s but you know they had the red skies and everything it's hinted at that supergirl and super uh, uh flash would die at the end of this current crossover and uh, Oliver made a deal with the Monitor about it, which is also what happened in the original Crisis on Infinite Earths storyline from the 80s, when DC first did the Crisis, you know, to consolidate everything. And uh, I would, I definitely urge you to read Crisis on Infinite Earths if you've never read it before. They, they have a nice, concise one-book volume that you can get. Uh, it's probably one of the greatest comic book stories of the last 40 years or so, probably of, of all Really, it's it's a really great story, but it's interesting that they're kind of hinting at that with this one. But uh, and then then the final episode, obviously, 
was this doctor, Dr. John Deegan from Arkham, using the, the Book of Reality to make himself a Superman. And uh, he's the one who's wearing the black suit as Superman. So he's not Superman of Earth 8, but like a fake Superman created on, on Earth 1 with the Book of Destiny. And then you finally get to see some of Supergirl's different characters um, in a different way with the, the reality changing. And what was interesting is they actually bring... At the end, Lois comes with both Brainiac 5 and uh, Martian Manhunter. So they, they got in on, on the crossover. But it was it was really great. The one question I have about the crossover, though, is in the first one, the heroes have to fight Amazo, who is a robot created by um, Professor Ivo is his name, a robot that can pretty much scan every metahuman and then copy their power. So he's always been a, a extremely formidable foe to the Justice League and the comics and the TV shows and things like this, just because he's he's almost unbeatable. He has real no weakness. But here's my thing. Oliver Queen has already met uh, Professor Ivo in the flashbacks of Season 2 of Arrow, and he had a ship called the Amazo, just, just a, a callback. So in this one, Ivo Labs, which is a company owned by Professor Ivo, created Amazo for, um, for Argus. And here's my question. Was this already in the works back in Season 2, considering Professor Ivo is dead in the Arrowverse? Or was this just a creation of Deegan's reality warping? And that's a big question that I'm sure they're not going to answer, and I'm sure they just did it to have fun with everything and the, to make the crossover make sense to have, you know, the Flash and Arrow interact with Superman. But if you, like me, have been watching Arrow and, and Flash and things from the beginning... This raises more questions than answers, really. But no, I had a lot of fun with the crossover this year. The the shows are 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 just doing really great this year. They're hitting a lot of good notes. Flash had a slow start, but but it but it's up. It's been hitting the ground running. No pun intended there. And uh, I'm I'm I cannot wait to see how they do Crisis on Infinite Earths next year. Maybe they can find a way to work in you know the the DC universe shows that are the streaming shows like titans and, and things like that maybe they can bring in actors from smallville maybe they can do like have a crossover with gotham because gotham will be over at that point and um what was it and and lucifer and and other shows and and it'll be interesting to see or or even um krypton because that that's a great show on sci-fi right now as well and that that handles the characters really well and it'll be interesting to see how they pull off crisis on infinite earth next year and maybe just DC says, hey, fuck it all. We're going to just blend them all. I, obviously, probably keep the movies separate still um, just to have somewhat of a difference um, between their Barry Allens and things like this but and and Superman. But maybe just put all the, the TVs under one, all the TV shows under one universe. And, and that would just be really fucking cool. So, hey, that's a year out. That's the first time they've teased it this far ahead. But clearly, they're, they're making plans to make sure it, it's done it's done correctly, but that's uh, that's kind of it for TV. Except, let me just—I uh, know we're nearing the end of a month, so we know what's coming to Netflix and what's leaving in January. Um, among that, though, Thirteen Reasons Why and Making a Murderer season two were among the most streamed this year on Netflix or binged, excuse me, along with The Haunting of Hill House and uh, some other shows. But uh, leaving in January, Rogue One. Uh, the first uh, Blade 1 and Blade 2, Mortal Kombat, the good one, the first movie, uh, all the Sharknados, the Godfather trilogy, Iron Giant, 
The Shining, and then, uh, you know, it's 15th anniversary is this week, but Lord of the Rings, Fellowship of the Ring. Yeah, that's right. 15 years ago, December of 2003, we were graced with Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring. But uh, here's a a good list of things coming in January. We got a good, good chunk of good stuff coming. Season 3 of A Series of Unfortunate Events. All the Indiana Jones movies are coming to Netflix. Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. Watchmen. Uh, Pulp Fiction, The Dark Knight, The Mummy and Mummy Returns, you know, the Brennan Fraser ones. Notice the third one that nobody gives a shit about and sucked isn't isn't being added. Uh, Monty Python and the Holy Grail, American Gangster, which is a great movie. Incredibles 2, which I'm pretty sure is the last Pixar movie. Solo, which is the last Star Wars movie to go to Netflix. And then Ant-Man and the Wasp, which is the last Marvel movie to be added to Netflix. And then, surprise, surprise, Carmen Sandiego which is a, a reboot of the old show from the 90s, or is that 80s, um, is coming to Netflix. And then I think I mentioned Punisher Season 2 is coming, but we don't have a date yet for Punisher Season 2. Yeah, I did because I made the cancellation joke uh, as I talked to myself. But that's kind of it. Uh, the Academy Awards, uh, some news regarding that. You know, they announced Kevin Hart as host. Then some old tweets came up, and he... He stepped down on his own accord, and now they're looking at maybe not having a host, which kind of makes sense, because the Academy Awards, yeah, you have a host to tell some jokes and the opening monologue and things like that, but at the same time, it's the host doesn't do a lot. I mean, as long as you have just engaging presenters and, and good jokes and stuff, you don't necessarily need a host for the whole show. But we'll, we'll see. And then, what was this? Oh, yeah, before we get to my spider into the Spider-Verse review, uh, I got the Lootware from uh, Loot Crate. Uh, that came a week after the normal crate, and I only get the wearables and the tees, so I don't, obviously I don't get the loot for her, because I'm a man and that stuff wouldn't fit. Um, if I were a girl, I would, though. I don't get the socks, and I don't get the loot underwear, because I really don't need extra underwear, and underwear's... Um, Underwear that fits right is hard to find. That, that's a whole nother story. Not for this show. But the wearables was really awesome. It's actually a, a awesome knitted scarf and a beanie. And it's all NASA themed. So that's awesome. The scarf says NASA. It's nice and warm. Uh, it's it's The beanie's cool. It's got a poof ball and, and ear covers. And then what I think is one of my favorite shirts to come out of Loot Crate in a very long time is a Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. tee. So this month's theme, like I said, was, was uh, laboratory and... Even though I said I didn't get the boxers, they would have been cool because they're, De they're Dexter's Lab boxers. But no, the shirt's really cool. It's it's um, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., but it's the S.H.I.E.L.D. Academy shirt. So it's Academy of Science and Technology, and it's got the S.H.I.E.L.D. logo with these like circuit wires like going through like the eagle. It's really awesome, and I, I was really stoked to get that because I don't really have a lot of stuff to show off my love for Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., but that I finally have something now. <laughs> But let's get into what we're all here for, and that is my review of Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, which I'm just going to say right now, hands down, 100% 10 out of 10. This movie was amazing. Amazing. One of the best comic book movies I've seen in years, and it's a uh, lot of throwbacks to all the other old Spider-Man shows. Hell, there's a reference to the old Spider-Man 67 cartoon, multiple and, and I'll get to that later. And the... So, it takes place in an alternate universe. Not not our main universe. And it starts off with Spider-Man introducing himself. And kind of going into his backstory. 
and they they have him kind of talk about all the different things he's done and he actually makes reference to all the Spider-Man movies that have come before saying like that's what he's done even a great hilarious nod to Spider-Man 3 then we're introduced to Miles and the thing about this movie is it's made to look like a motion comic essentially or like a moving comic book and that art style actually comes through really well. It's a little disjointing, a little jarring in the beginning because things are constantly going in and out of focus because, like, you know, you're supposed to focus on the characters, so the backgrounds will change a lot, and, and the color is off because it's meant to look like a comic book. Like, it's actually animated to look like it's it's a comic book. And I was reading, actually, so di- Sony has actually filed a patent on what they did for this, And apparently it's a blend of computer animation with hand-drawn touch-ups. And and it was so complicated, it actually took um, a week to complete every second of the film. So it was computer animated, and then they went back with with hand-drawn touch-ups to do this. And that makes a whole lot of sense. Because a lot of times you'll see, like, um, multiple layers of the character on them. Like, it's still in the, the design phase, almost. But it was awesome because, it. I've, again, we've never seen anything like this before. And it, it makes sense that Sony's trying to patent it. Can't wait for the next ones. But the, the way the story plays out and the way we're introduced to the other spider, um, spider people, I, I, I guess, because they're not all Spider-Men, is, is really interesting. And the designs for the villains is awesome because this is an alternate universe. It's not the main spider, Spider-Man. And we're actually introduced to that Spider-Man. That's the one who's played by Jake Johnson. I'll get into some spoilers a little bit later, but uh, the design for Kingpin is really awesome, and he's actually played by Lee Schreiber. Um, the Doc Ock in the movie is not who you expect. I understand that the how they went with the Green Goblin in this movie with the like the giant um, creature dragon almost uh, Prowler. They make really great use of Prowler, who's actually Miles's uncle. Um, if, if you read the comics or, or understand, or even if you saw Spider-Man Homecoming, um, you know, that's Donald Glover's character, but it's just so much going on. So many fun references to the comics and, and, and the deep Spider-Man lore. Um, Phil Lord and Chris Miller produced it. They directed the, the, the Jump Street movies. They directed the Lego movie. You know, they, they produce a lot of TV shows. They know how to perfectly blend adult humor into, in with, with, with humor for kids. So. It will go over the kids' heads, but adults will still have fun. I mean, my viewing of Spider-Man was probably more adults than kids, actually. And, you know, that makes sense. It's a Even though it's an animated film rated PG, it's a Spider-Man movie ultimately geared at all the fans. But, no, I, I had a, a fun time. I was laughing the whole time. I was, I was engaged with the characters. You know, I, I felt and identified with the characters. There was a point where, you know, I, I felt something for them more than I have in a, in a lot of movies recently. And, and I don't know if that's because of, of like the emotional response that I had in, uh, after playing the, the Marvel Spider-Man for PS4, but definitely had more emotional response to this movie than I have in any of the MC MCU movies. I will say that. And it, it was just, it was great. It was so much fun, so much fun to be had. I, I definitely urge you to go see it. Like I said, 10 out of 10, Probably one of the best movies I've seen all year. Like top five for the year. Hands down. But but I'm excited for that. I'm excited for more movies to come out. And, and, and here I am. I've been prattling on about for who knows how long. And I haven't mentioned once how much I loved uh, Shamik Moore as, as Miles Morales. 
and Miles is a great character, and, and it's it's finally awesome that they're they're introducing him to the mainstream audience. I mean, he's been around oh, I I think six or seven years now, and most people really only know Peter, unless you are a fan of the comics and things like this. And obviously, he was introduced a bit in in the PS4 game, but it, it it's it's just awesome how they have introduced him now, and it it's great that they're giving him a, a place to shine essentially because he is a minority hero and and it, it allows more people to identify with spider-man beyond all the already millions of people that do and it's nice that studios and and franchises and things like this are starting to acknowledge that and you know some people might say it's a bad thing i say it's a good thing because it just opens up the possibility of of more stories to be told because eventually things will just get stale with the same characters, with the same drawn-out stories. Like, how many times... How many times have we seen Uncle Ben die at this point? How many times have we seen the Waynes die? You know, it, it, it's good to introduce more characters and, and give them a voice and give them a chance to shine. And, and that's what I really like about Miles here. And they do the story a little differently than how it plays in the comics, but that's a good thing. You don't necessarily have to follow the comics to a T. I mean, these are alternate universes, and that's what I really appreciate about this movie because I, I really didn't know a whole lot about Miles and, and his story as Spider-Man. Granted, this is just kind of the beginning, and they introduce his awesome costume, but I, I hope to see more. I hope they give Miles more of a voice and more of a chance to shine and that that's what I really appreciate about this, because I, I felt like they didn't give Miles enough justice in the PS4 game. Granted, that was mostly about Peter, so that makes sense. But hopefully, if we do get another Spider-Man PS4, we'll either get to split time uh, with with Miles or or some other things. But I'm I'm very excited to see where this goes, and I'm surprised I, I didn't really mention it at all to begin with. But but I just wanted to add some some depth to my review. And uh, here's here's where I kind of want to talk about spoilers. So if uh, you guys have been listening, thanks for listening. Like I said, no show next week. Um, I'm your host, Nick, obviously. Follow me on, on social media for news, Nick's Nerd News on Twitter, Nick's Nerd News on Facebook, uh, Nick's Nerd News on, on Instagram. Um, but let, 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 let's talk about spoilers here, okay? And um, I'll do my normal sign-off at the end, but, but again, I just want to, if you don't want to keep listening... Uh, that was my sign off to you guys. Happy holidays, you know, happy new year, things like that. Spoilers for Into the Spider-Verse start now. And end at the 5637 mark. Okay. So, turns out we meet the Spider-Man of Miles's world and he's the one where we get the reference to uh, you know, Spider-Man 3 and he actually does like that whole like dance that Peter does. Um and he does it in costume, but he does that dance and he like points at all the ladies and he's wearing his like dark outfit and it's got that weird music in Spider-Man 3. He actually does that and it's a fun self-referential reference to that. And uh, he's played by Chris Pine. And so essentially what, what happens is he's supposed to be an amalgamation. This is according to Marvel and, and, and the producers of all the Spider-Men. And that makes sense because he's the one who's the most um, like put together of all the different into the Spider-Verse characters. And and ultimately we see how he dies and and how he meets uh, Miles and and pretty much passes on the Spider-Man mantle onto him and everything like that. 
But what was really cool is, like I said, that he, he kind of does the dance and makes reference of it to Spider-Man 3. But essentially it opens like, hi, I'm Spider-Man. They throw the comic on the ground and he explains his whole backstory. You know, like, hey, we've seen this. I have a TV show after me. I've had or I've had TV shows done after me. I've had movies done after me, comic books, all this other stuff. So he's pretty much making a reference to, to everything. But again, this is still an alternate universe. And then we have the other spider characters um, who are brought in via this machine that uh, uh, Kingpin has had made because uh, because of his family. Um, he's trying to get his family from another universe because they're actually dead because they saw him fighting with Spider-Man and they ran off because they're like, oh my God, Wilson, blah, blah, blah. What are you doing? Wilson Fisk, you know, um, Kingpin. And uh, they end up getting in a car crash. So obviously he blames Spider-Man for their deaths. But... Uh, he's trying to bring them back, and by creating this machine, it actually opens up the door to other universes, which also leads to Spider-Man's death. But that's how we get um, the Spider-Man by, played by Jake Johnson, who's actually Spider-Man from our universe. And then we get Haley Steinfeld, who plays Gwen Stacy or Spider-Woman, Nick Cage as Spider-Man Noir, um, what's his name, uh, John Mulaney as Spider-Pig. Or Spider-Ham, what was it? And then uh, Kimiko Glenn as Penny Parker uh, with the Spider-Robot. But, and, and what's awesome is with each one, we get an introduction to like their stories where like the, the comic, the, they're actually cover of the comic that they like first appeared in that Marvel put out and uh, uh, and their backstories, which is really cool because that, that helps without having to create their own movies, you get an idea of who that character is and it fits perfectly into the story. And, and the other thing that, that, happens is they show each of them kind of popping into Times Square and it, it's really interesting because you get to really see all the alternate versions of, of the universe here like there's this crazy movie poster with uh, Seth Rogen on it and it, it turns out that that the script writers or the movie producers that approached Seth Rogen and, and Evan Goldberg about ideas of a movie they might create in an alternate universe there's uh, Steph Curry on a billboard but for baseball there's an alternate version of like coca-cola there's um a poster for a Shaun of the dead 2 movie like there, there's a lot of interesting things to notice there's also a lot of chance the rapper stuff around that you should keep an eye out for and album covers that are different from from what you're used to just driving home the point that even though it's an alternate universe it's not very different so definitely keep an eye out for that when when you go and see the movie because it's it just adds a lot of fun to it, and and that's what I was uh, I was excited about to notice and see and and see the different things. But just just like I said, keep an eye out for the different things. You'll probably notice something I didn't because again, it was my first viewing. I wasn't exactly looking for a lot of those things, and I'm sure it's going to be all over YouTube in the coming weeks. But but that was awesome. And then we kind of got some more stuff, just 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 a lot of background stuff to look for that just make the world more more believable more lived in more more real in essence and also i i didn't mention this before but when they were showing uh, when the chris pine peter parker was talking about um his spider-man and his history they off show off spider-man memes the famous spider-man like really shitty looking ice cream cone you can get on ice cream trucks and things like that we kind of get that with the other the other introductions as well um but i was going to say we we know that jake johnson uh, Spider-Man is is the mainline continuity Spider-Man because when they show him fling through the city, first off he mentions he's been Spider-Man for 22 years as opposed to some of the other ones. But um, in Miles's world, everything is just a tiny bit off because, like I said, it's an alternate universe. 
but in the Jake Johnson one, when he's flinging through Times Square, you see the Coca-Cola sign. So we know that that's the main Earth. We know that that's um, the main continuity Spider-Man, essentially. And just some of the villains are shown off, um, which they kind of do with the other ones. They show you how like there are just slight variations of, of different characters um, between Miles' world and, and, the, and the different worlds. But it turns out that uh, Kingpin was creating the machine with Doc Ock, who's actually a woman in this one. And when you, you're first introduced to the character that she is, they uh, show her on like a projection screen as Miles is like late to a class and it just says Dr. Olivia. You don't see a last name. And they purposely do that because it turns out she's actually Doc Ock. Ock uh, her name was like o Olivia Octavius. So that was a cool bait and switch. Did not expect that at all. And it was interesting to see Doc Ock um, in a different light, especially after him being the main, turning out to be the main villain in um, the, the PS4 game. Uh, we're also introduced to Prowler. Great use of Prowler, by the way, and like that dynamic of of how Miles looks up to him, and you know how his uh, Miles's father is in a big fan of his brother. But it turns out that you know it it Miles actually gets his uncle killed in 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 a part of the movie. And what was surprising is that they went that way, and you know it creates this interesting dynamic then between Miles's father and Spider-Man in general, and just the the different way they can play off those things. But uh, just overall, it was a great, great movie, great use of the mythos and everything like that. I'm I'm, I'm shocked that they were able to pull it off and and work that way because you you can't really do that in the MCU. I, I think the only real place you can there's already somewhat of a precedent for that is in the the DC movies. Um, just, you know, with the flash time traveling and things like that. And I don't think they'd be able to pull off like a multiverse that well in the MCU. There's just no real space for it until they find a way to introduce it. Right. But that, that, that will be interesting how they do that. And then the final thing I want to talk about spoiler wise, and I had kind of mentioned this before, but at the end of the credits, well, during the credits, I want to say they just, it's this crazy like thing of all these Spider-Man interacting, like it's a mashup of, of the multiverse. Um, but they show off a lot of Spider-Man memes, and and if you if you look, uh, you can see different um, versions of Spider-Man, not just like the basic one. But at the end, um, they kind of go into this thing where it shows someone talking to like their virtual assistant. We don't know who it is yet, but then it turns out it's Spider-Man 2099, and it's voiced by Oscar Isaac, and he's talking about the whole idea of the the Spider-Verse. Um, they, they they pulled it off and they, they saved the world. It didn't collapse or anything like that. But he's like, all right, I have to go back to the beginning. And it cuts to um, him in his Spider-Man 2099 suit landing in... He goes back to the beginning and it says Earth 60, 1967, essentially. And um, he lands in the scene of... If you've seen it, you've probably seen it. It's the famous Spider-Man pointing at Spider-Man meme. And it's a it's from that cartoon series of uh, 1967 and he gets into this fun back and forth with that spider-man it's just it's great that they were able to bring in pop culture and tie it all back together and and make just have fun with everything and, and that's what it is because everything else seems so formulaic all the time and it was nice to see that they had a lot of fun with this and it opens the door for obviously a potential sequel which is pretty much a given because into the spider verse is one of the highest rated films of the year as well. Like it's rotten score is like almost a hundred, but if they do do a, a real spider verse two, not like the Gwen, Gwen Stacy spinoff that that's already in the works, but 
if they do a full-on sequel, I wouldn't be surprised if they bring in, like, the video game version and have him play differently and, like, show the live-action ones and stuff because this movie opens the door for that. They don't all have to just be cartoon because the... um the Penny Parker, the one with the robot, is heavily anime-inspired. Like, her whole design doesn't even match the rest of the movie. Spider-Man Noir is all black and white, doesn't match the rest. The um, Spider-Ham, or Spider-Pig, or whatever, played by John Mulaney, looks like a traditionally animated cartoon character. And hell, he even pulls out, like, like a big wooden hammer out of his pocket and, and, and things like that. So it, it And throws an anvil at one point. So, definitely opens the door... For like the Spider-Man PS4, um, Tom Holland's Spider-Man, Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man, uh, the Spider-Man from the 90s. Like there, there's there's so much precedent for this to happen. So it'll be interesting to see how they go forward with a sequel. Uh, again, I'm very excited. I, I love the jokes. I love that they were able to tie everything in and just make light and have fun with everything. So like I said before, definitely 10 out of 10 for this movie. You definitely need to go see it. I'm surprised if, if you stuck around for the spoilers. Hey, that's on you. Some people don't care. Like, I, personally, I don't either. So, uh, again, that was great. But uh, I, I, I'm i Nick. I hope you guys have an awesome Christmas or whatever you celebrate. You know, Happy New Year's is coming up. Again, I said we're not going to do an episode next week because of the holidays. And uh, after that, you know, it's my birthday as well. So, happy birthday to me. Oh, look, I'm a, just a conceited fuck. You guys think like, oh, it's all about Nick, huh? Conceited, that's the wrong word, I guess. Uh, narcissist, right? Hell, I'm a guy who just talks into a microphone just to hear the sound of my own voice, right? No, no, I'm kidding. I, I do this for you guys. I do this for you guys. But definitely, um, I, I'm hoping to launch my website before the end of the year. So again, stay tuned to my... Um, Stay tuned to my social media channels, you know, Nick's Nerd News on Twitter, Nick's Nerd News on Facebook. Uh, my official handle on Instagram is nicks.nerd.news, so just keep an eye out there. Always posting memes and things like that for you guys to check out. Uh, leave a review for me on, on your preferred listening service, you know, just to help promote me, things like that. Um, if you have a friend or family member that you think would like to listen to this, share it with them, share it with the world. I, I really don't uh, care what you do as long as you listen, right? I mean, I, I, I'm not, I'm not doing this to, to make it big. I'm, I'm doing this because it's, it's a hobby of mine. I have a passion for this stuff, and, and I, I think I have a different look on it than, than some other people. But you know, thank you guys for listening these, these last, what is it, six or seven months? We've made it to the end of 2018. I, I wish I'd have more of a reflection for you guys, but. Um, I think I might have that in the new year. But again, uh, uh, thank you guys for listening and, and keeping it going. Uh, you know, you're you're my inspiration. You know, I want to thank the fans. No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not gonna be sound like a fake celebrity right now. But but no, I, I do want to thank you guys though. And uh, again, happy holidays, happy new year, and uh, see you in 2019. Bye. -a. <laughs>